Theme Park Thursday with Dillo's Diz on the Improviser's Guide Network. Now is the time. Forever? Hashtag always MGM. Old, old, old. The secret staircase. We always do that. You are approaching the unloading area. Behold the majesty of the Sistine Seal. For the kids. A salute to all theme parks, but mostly Walt Disney. Ha! What a cute ending. Aloha and welcome aboard. This is Theme Park Thursday with Dillo's Diz. On the other side of my monitor <laughs> in Long Island, in New York, that <laughs> is Ben. <laughs> Hello. Hello from Long Island. And here in Queens, New York, it's me. It's Frank. Hello. <laughs> We're having some issues. I'm having some Yeah, let's, issues let's not put we in that. With the introductions. Yeah, I don't know what to do. I'm in, I got the yips, yeah. as they say in the trade. I got the yips about the introductions. We were we were doing the old double down filming last week. Mm-hmm. The entire morning on the drive out to Long Island, I started questioning the way I introduced Theme Park Thursday <laughs> with Dillo's Diz because I I said previously that is Jen, mm-hmm. and and in in this time and the. And, and the current events that are going on in the world, I started second-guessing myself, questioning myself, making myself nervous about whether that was an appropriate way to introduce you. What say you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've never thought about it. Uh, mm-hmm. I've never lost sleep over it. And uh, I think you, uh, you're driving yourself crazy over random things. Yeah, I think that's pretty much what it is. Uh, I will say that I think the the starting point, the jumping off point of why I say that is Jen is because not here on the podcast, maybe we've snuck it in once or twice, but often we say that. Remember that? <laughs> that? That? Remember that? Remember? So I think in my head, sometimes I hear myself saying that is Jen, right. but I don't say that on the podcast. I think that's where it started. If I have to justify it, because here I am still second guessing it nearly a week later. Well, and I'm trying to think too, like if you were to introduce me to someone, you would say, this is my sister, Jen. Right. You say that. But maybe if I was in a grouping, would you say that's my sister? So maybe it's just you're used to introducing me as a that than as an actual person like I am. Yeah, you're not helping this because oh. I hear you I hear it and I'm like, I don't think that sounds right. But what doesn't what that? I I it's very this is I can't Maybe you and, should do it very formal and be like, and that is my sister Jen. The best person ever. I mean, now, hopefully I'm not getting in everyone's head about this because I'm sure everyone does it. <laughs> you just broke just, the glass for everyone and now everyone is going to hear it constantly. Yeah, that I, oh man, I don't know. I'm sure next week I'll be like, that is Jen and I am Frank and that's it. You know what this sounds like? What's that? The next Twitter poll. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. <laughs> we did a couple of Twitter polls last week 
last well, night. Last night. This is Tuesday. <laughs> Tuesday. That was Monday in between the weeks here. Right. Uh, Jen posted two polls, one of which was based off of last week's Theme Park Thursday with Dillo's Diz podcast, which was about um, dipping Wendy's French fries in a Frosty. Mm-hmm. And it was, uh, it was uh, you know, as things tend to happen here, it was just kind of a random thing that happened. I think uh, fact checker Mel Dow uh, compared the blue milk in Star Wars Galaxy's Edge to a Frosty. We can which frosty, triggered you. Which triggered me about mm-hmm. uh, fast food shakes in general. And then mm-hmm. this whole dipping of the fries thing happened. Um, Jen posted the poll to yeah. see where people were about this had they heard about it do they love it do they hate it what were the results of that poll jen uh 63 yes so good mm-hmm. now we did have eight percent for the what are you talking about so you're not the only one mm-hmm. that has never heard of this because for you you say never never have you heard of such a never. thing which is interesting again it's not something i mean at this point in my life, uh, I try not to do fast food often. Here and there, perhaps I partake. It's not something I would do now. However, I have done it, but I have heard about others doing it enough that it was like a thing at one point, probably in college days. It was a thing. So now I know Mel said a friend of his adds chili sauce. I it may be a little too far for me, but uh, that's just my opinion. And uh, most people felt like you got to dunk. I'm just reading through the comments here. Our friends at Nightwatcher201 said how the Wendy's fries used to be, which I could agree with because they have changed Wendy's fries. So I don't know that it would be the same doing it now. However, that... Um, at Brent DCL had said, you know, used to do that 30 plus years ago. It's the original salty and sweet. And that's the thing too. That's the big draw, I think, is the salty and sweet. Because if we go back to us as kids, Mamadillo, mm-hmm. I think probably started the, uh, the idea of a potato chip dipped in ice cream. Did you ever do that? I mean, uh, there's some familiarity as you're saying. But, uh, I wouldn't having flashbacks? That, that time. It was just, I was like, oh, yeah, that was a thing, I think. Yeah. Briefly. Uh, right. two, thing, two things about that. One, the consistency of the Wendy's fries definitely is a thing because they used to be yeah. a little thicker. That was like almost like the draw. Right. They were a little more square and not mm-hmm. as thin. Yeah, because I, I think they tried to get healthier with their fry now, whereas, you they know They all what? say that, are they? Just they keep never. it, just keep it. Just make them taste good, that's right. I, I prefer McDonald's fries anyway, that's just me though. No, for sure. And mm-hmm. above all else, at this point in my life, I prefer Burger King onion rings. What do you think about it? Oh, I don't, ugh, no. No? Have, no. Have you tried them? I'm not an onion rings person. Well, then, so. that's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, your other poll was yeah. based off of, <laughs> you, did, you ran a poll based off the Monday Morning Monorail podcast this last week. Uh, our friends over at, at the Monday Morning Monorail, uh, mm-hmm. something sparked you yes. from what uh, Samantha Monorail mentioned about single riders and, mm-hmm. uh, and perhaps uh, merchandise that reflects mm-hmm. uh, some Disney romance. So why don't you give a little bit of background about that? I mean, you just did, but um, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what you were doing there. Back, um, back to second guess. So, <laughs> so 
So yes, uh, my bestie, Sam, had mentioned, you know, oh my God, they should have these certain t-shirts that, you know, single rider looking for a single rider. And as she's saying it, I'm thinking in my head, I feel like I've seen these shirts, which Justin had chimed in saying, I think they do exist. But this start how she was speaking about basically, you know, finding your Disney soulmate. I'm all in on it. I come from a long history of loving the dating shows. You know, I you could go back to some old school love connection, but you could bring it a little more recent with, you know, single doubt. Oh, that's not more recent. <laughs> um, and you could go into The Bachelor and whatever. So I'm all in on the dating show. So the idea of mixing dating shows and Disney, it makes me so happy. That whole chain of events and the conversation that ensued after posting this poll Made me so happy. All right. So read I the was poll getting giddy. The, I was read, getting giddy. <laughs> read the poll and the results, and then we'll jump into the rest of it. So my question was, have you checked out Morning Morning Monorail Podcast? Which, by the way, if you have not, and I kind of fumbled on the name there, whatever, go check them out. They speak better than I do. But I asked, <laughs> should Sam and I host a Disney dating show to help people find their Disney soulmate? 88%. Yes. Mm-hmm. Ah, uh, Disney love. Twelve percent. No way. I don't do math. Uh, how, how many responses would twelve percent be? I don't know. <laughs> I'm not going to do that math. <laughs> anyway, because I know our friend Nathaniel said, "Oh, I hit no by mistake." So mm-hmm. I'm like, "Wait, is this twelve percent? Only one vote? Because then that should be a hundred percent." Because Nathaniel meant to say yes. <laughs> You're, you're very, you're very giddy about this. Oh, I, and we should mention you already. We already lined up contestants for this day. Yes. So uh, uh, Sam and Justin were happily to offer Landon. Yes. Uh, L A N D O Z. Please go follow him. Yes. On, on on their side of the coin, we were more than happy to counter yes. with uh, our good friend Ali Flores, entertainer extraordinaire in Central Florida. Mm-hmm. So we're already lining up. Yeah. Just a matter of time. If you guys want to fill out applications, you better hurry because pretty soon we're going to have season one locked down. I feel like this may be fully fleshed out in whenever the next switcheroos could do. I'm so excited. It has to happen in person too. I need, obviously I need to be down there because if Sam and I are hosting, Ali lives in Orlando. Landon could just, you know, come on down. Yeah. Uh It's it's an easier trip. I think. Yeah. Yeah, you think it just needs to be like a like a sweeps episode? <laughs> what are you, what are you trying, trying to, a special event, a live event? Well, yes. Kind, a yes. live event of some kind. Oh my God, I'm so excited. First of all, I also feel like I need, I, I need to like win some sort of lotto money because like I have big ideas and I'm like, I got to scale this down because who's paying for these things? I'm not actually with a network paying for this dating show. So, mm-hmm. well, We'll see what happens. Uh, I did offer also the Rosa Regali ceremony. Oh my God, I was so excited. And I didn't, you know, because we're Dillos, I didn't get too excited uh, responding to your Rosa Regali gift. But I was like, oh my God, that's amazing. Right, because I said the Chris Harrison, you know, he'll see you at the Rose Mm -hmm. ceremony. Chris Harrison is, you know, top dog for me, so. More than more than because uh, single down is your all time favorite <laughs> dating show ever. Let's be let's be more than The Bachelor. Come on. Yeah, I mean, I was really all time. I was really into The Bachelor though for years. Like I had to like wean myself off of it. Now I I couldn't tell you how long it's. It's probably been I don't even know 
a really long time, maybe like eight years since I've watched The Bachelor. Sometimes I'll dabble in the finale just so I could see what the, all the hullabaloo is about. I don't really, uh, you know, go into it. But Singled Out, those were good times. And then when they did the Singled Out episode on Boy Meets World. <laughs> Amazing. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard the Monday Morning Monorail Podcast. This is Justin Monorail. And Samantha Monorail. Every Monday morning, along with our kids. Not always. But sometimes, we take you back to the happiest place on earth with news. Upcoming events. Sometimes rumors. And tasty treats. (laughs) Of course, tasty treats. We even occasionally help you plan your next trip to the Walt Disney World Resort. Every episode, now including a Disney deep dive with the Dawes with Landon the Dawes Dome. So listen and subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you listen to podcasts. And enjoy the Monday Morning Monorail Podcast. So we're going to combine our segues now because we've been talking about the Monday Morning Monorail Podcast. Yes. And we've been talking about not getting too excited about something that might not happen. Mm -hmm. Last week was a very, very... Interesting week. It started off interesting. Yeah. It became more interesting. And now we're here today at, at perhaps the most interesting point of all. Mm-hmm. So I will explain. We went through a whole weekend, the last weekend of May into the first weekend of June from the 31st to June 2nd or so, just watching all the Star Wars Galaxy's Edge content in Disneyland. I didn't think I'd have FOMO about a place I've never been to or a theme park I've never been to, but here I was with so much FOMO and going, how will I be able to sit here while this place opens in my home park? Hashtag always MGM. Mm -hmm. Then I get a little uh, DM from uh, from, uh, Justin and Landon over at the Monday Morning Monorail podcast. Mm Mm-hmm. And they say, hey, we got, we got a room. It overlaps the opening of uh, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Why don't you come join us and be the third man on our little grand adventure? An honor. An honor and, of an invite. And like suddenly like it became a little more, oh my God, this could be a reality. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and, and, and so there were a lot of factors in, in running through my head, still, still running. There's a lot of things in play here that mm-hmm. are not settled. And then to cap it, we have Mel Dale come on mm-hmm. and talk about his time in Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, totally from the heart and the yes. soul and yes. the gut and the feelings, all the feels, all mm-hmm. the senses. Honest to God, if you've never listened to us before today, just go listen to that episode. That episode is everything I want out of a Theme Park Thursday episode ever. Mm-hmm. Ever. Yes. It doesn't get any better than that. All yeah. the Disney feels. Agreed. That's it. That's all I want. Mm-hmm. Go back and listen to the five senses of a Disney fact, the Delos Diz fact checker. Do it. Mm-hmm. Now. We'll just wait. Just we'll wait. We'll wait here. Yeah. So then, then you know, the, 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 the things start going into place, start checking flights, and the flight down to Orlando the day before Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. It's super affordable. Mm-hmm. Not that I want to tell the world that right now because y'all might do it. Right. But getting from New York to Orlando, super affordable. So I was like, I got to buy that ticket. I got to yeah. do it regardless. I have no idea what else is going on. Mm-hmm. I got to buy that ticket before it gets, it gets higher. Mm-hmm. 
So I, I relayed that information. I sent the, I called the Monday morning monorail hotline. <laughs> I left a little voicemail, right. a, a, a tentative, hesitant, low expectation voicemail. Creepy. Creepy. As identified by Landon. <laughs> Creepy. And, and I said, I have a flight there. I have no way of getting home, which mm-hmm. is, yeah, if I was going to stay there, well. Oh, well. To send the family down, mm-hmm. I'm sure they'll go for that. Yeah. Uh, then I get the flight home. So Wednesday afternoon, I head down the day before Star Wars Galaxy's Edge opens. Mm-hmm. I fly back the day after Star Wars Galaxy's Edge opens, a Friday night. And this is why. Well, I, I'm, I'm supposed to go on vacation with the family after that. Yeah. Uh, so flying back Friday night, but I had to, I was like, do I go back Friday morning? Do I go, like, how's it all work? I still will sit here and tell you, though now I am officially the third man on this grand adventure mm-hmm. with Justin Monorail and Landon. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that I'm going. <laughs> I don't believe I will actually get into that area of the park right. on opening day. I see how seamlessly it works in Disneyland. Mm-hmm. I cannot believe it will work the same way based on the history and the crowds and, and Pandora and uh, visiting Elsa as a meet and greet face character, all these things that Slinky Dog lines all the way down into the Chinese theater queue area. All of these, I cannot believe that I will get inside Star Wars Galaxy's Edge on opening day, which is why I'm going back Friday night instead of Friday morning. Uh, <laughs> just in case, mm-hmm. I need that extra day. I don't believe that I'm actually getting in the park itself or into the area. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm, I'm bracing myself for a nightmare and anything above that will be a win. Mm-hmm. Is that the right way for me to think? I mean, uh, a therapist would tell you no, uh, <laughs> but Dillo history tells you yes. So uh, side note though, it's uh, an adorable way you just told that story. You are leaving out a major chunk of that story. What, what, what am I leaving out? I like, uh, so then I got the flight home. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we could, we could talk about how I got the flight home. I mean, there were a lot of discussions happening. There were some family discussions. And they, they were very interesting discussions. At the five-year-old's birthday party. At the five-year-old's weekend. birthday party over the weekend. Uh, family was together, barbecuing, what have you. Mm-hmm. And uh, you were discussing this, and you were like, I don't know, flights home are really expensive. I don't know if I could do it. It's really cheap going. I don't know. Da-da. Then, then, there was a little little side combo that happened with Papadillo mm. and yourself. That mm. I didn't hear the original, but right. then it was... Uh, you wanna you wanna hear what I just told him? I got a, I got a little bit of that. Mm-hmm. And what did Papadillo say? <laughs> uh, in true Papadillo fashion, <laughs> he said, uh, "Take care of what you need to take care of, and uh, I'll pay for your flight home for your birthday." For your what? Birthday. <clears throat> Which birthday? birthday? Which? Uh, 
he uh, he has uh, he, he said that I would have to admit that I'm turning 45 <laughs> in October. Oh, I wish I had that recorded. <laughs> so you're announcing that you're going mm-hmm. to Disney World for Galaxy's Edge, possible opening. Maybe you get into the park. Probably not, allegedly, whatever you're doing with your expectations. <laughs> you're announcing it on the podcast. There's a story behind it, and it's hilarious because it involves how old you are. Yeah, so at the beginning of this episode i talked about how i've been in second guessing right questioning like that's just not about how i'm introducing you that's like the last two three weeks or so it's just been like where i am that's my headspace right now i don't really know what's going on this is the uh time of the podcast to get your therapy pad so (laughs) what's been going on in the last month or so with you that uh you're having these feelings i'm just saying i'm just trying to figure some stuff out Uh and i um very happy with the podcast Uh uh you know but uh you know just trying just trying to uh Follow my bliss, as they say in the trade. Does that bliss involve jorts? <laughs> All right. Let's, <laughs> before we go there, <laughs> before we go there, I want to wish our good friend, Tombstone Josh of the Disney yes. Podcast, a happy birthday. Happy birthday. I, I, all our friends having birthdays on Thursdays this year. Drunk Stormtrooper had a birthday on a perhaps, Thursday. Perhaps they're all just setting us up. Yeah, they, uh, it's not real. And they just, they're just like, yeah, it's my birthday. It's kind of like when you go to Disney and you want to wear a birthday pin. Maybe, maybe it's like that. Here's the deal. Here's the deal because uh, I did do a nice song for right. Drunk Stormtroopers. Right, that's birthday. true. What do you got? Well, Today, I had to go out to Long Island to pick up the three-year-old's blanket. Yes. Uh, and when I go out and run an errand or just do something very quickly, I, I would put on what I call my, I don't, I don't care, shorts. Sure. Which, which are the jorts. Yeah. And, and as Justin Monroe pointed out on Twitter, uh, the carpenter jorts. <laughs> <laughs> which I didn't know were a thing. I don't uh-huh. know. Uh-huh. You, as soon as you saw me get out of the car, you had your camera ready on yep. the phone. Yep. You were like, this is going. And, you know, I, I, I yes, and everything. So I went with it because we live in a world of no in our mm-hmm. family. So I sure. yes, and everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was totally fine with you posting the picture. And then I saw the comments and, <laughs> and everything else today. And, you know, and not that I think. I look, I like, you know, they think they're fashionable or I think it's fine to wear jorts or anything like that. I'm just comfortable in them and I don't care. I just put them on because I don't care and I go. But now after seeing everyone's comments, like I understand maybe it's time to retire the jorts. Mm -hmm. It's been a couple, it's been been a long time. I've had Mm -hmm. them a long time. Mm -hmm. So Tombstone Josh, (laughs) DM me your address. You will receive an autographed (laughs) copy of these jorts from Jen and myself. (laughs) Why do I have to sign them? (laughs) For your birthday. Happy birthday, Tombstone Josh. Uh, If I can find a frame that they work in, I'll put them in a frame for you with with our sign. Oh, this is the best birthday present. I was hoping maybe you were setting him up with like a meet and greet with uh, Alicia Silverstone because that would be a birthday present for him. No. Uh, oh, just have, jorts. No, just jorts, but 
similar to the 90s there. But now I will replace them with a new pair of cargo shorts, no doubt. Yeah, well, did you stop at Target on the way home like I told you to? I didn't. I had to, I had to get home. That's, but yeah. I'll, get, I'll get a pair. Regardless, happy birthday, Tombstone Josh. <laughs> All the best this year. I hope you get better presents than jorts. Let's be clear. I'm not kidding. I will send I him know you're not, door. which is why I'm saying I hope he gets some uh, other presents to balance it out. It might take some time because I'll have to see Jen again to sign them, but over the weekend. Maybe I'm going to see you next weekend. Do. Right, so we'll do yeah, that. And I still don't know why I have to sign them, though. It has to be from both of us, or it's <laughs> not a Dillo's Diz pair of jorts. <sighs> All right. It's, I think Listen. it's a little weird signing your shorts. You know, I'm just saying <laughs> he he was happy to comment today. I'm happy to give him to him directly <laughs> as, a, as a way of retiring. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, cool. Last week on the Twitter, I made a proclamation that I would discuss our recent escapade regarding the possibility of me wearing lederhosen in Germany and Epcot's World Showcase walking towards the International Gateway, crossing over to the boardwalk at dusk and taking a romantic stroll with Drunk Stormtrooper with both of us in Lederhosen. The escapade, it did not reach its goal. We made a ridiculous number up because I wasn't sure I really wanted to wear Lederhosen. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we said 3,000 followers on the Twitter. We would would go go through with this shenanigans. Mm -hmm. It was was a far-reaching number. So now the Lederhosen still comes back into conversation from time Mm -hmm. to time, Mm -hmm. on and off, again and again. And now I will say I'm here. We're closing. We're about 125 away from 2,500. Mm-hmm. I still want to stick to that 3,000 number. Mm-hmm. Our one-year anniversary of the spinoff from the Improviser's Guide podcast is the beginning of October, October the 4th. Mm-hmm. I will say that 3,000 followers by that one year will get me in Lederhosen, and we used to say a date to be announced. We're looking at our good friend Disney Gratitude's weekend of gratitudeness mm-hmm. at the uh, end of January 2020. Right. We're looking at that period of time as the weekend where I would don the leader hose in to take the romantic show. More people seem to want to be involved in this endeavor as well. It may right. become a bigger thing overall. Right. But it's looking like. That I'm going to say first, 3,000 followers by the beginning of October. All right. I think that's fair. I think that, I think that's actually a possibility as opposed to when we were, mm-hmm. what, at like 2,100 and you wanted 900 followers in about two weeks. Yeah. yeah. No. So I think this is more realistic. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So, well, so there it is. Gauntlet set, 3,000 followers, beginning of October. Sure. Let's all right, it's time for the main event. Do we have a main event? We have a main event. All right. About two weeks ago, 10 days ago, 11 days ago, somewhere in there, I saw Disney's Aladdin. You did. All by yourself. Mm-hmm. Well, let's start there. Because I could say that the animated version 
of Aladdin in the fall of 1992 is what got me started on going to the movies by myself, which I enjoy doing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And uh, that was the first movie that I, I think that was actually the first movie I went by myself to, like after graduating high school or whatever it was, and set me on this quest to go see movies by myself all the time. Get out your therapy pads, kids, another story for another mm -hmm. time. Uh, Jen, did you see Disney's Aladdin when you were 10 years old in the movie theater? I'm going to go possibly. No, you do not recall. I, I don't recall, no. Mm -hmm. I was so young, you know. You were, you know, a grown man by then. So. Yeah, I remember seeing Beauty and the Beast with you in the movie theater, but I did mm -hmm. not receive, remember seeing. I don't remember that either, so see, so it's, it all ties together. Yep. Why were you so young back then? Jeez. What what was the Beauty and the Beast sitch? I, I think we all I think we all well not Papadillo, but uh, I think Mamadillo, Mamadillo, and the uh, yeah. yeah, I think so. Yeah. That, right. It's an afternoon. I think it was like a off day from school or something like that. Mm, true. I nice. Know. Anyway, a nice memory. <laughs> Thanks for filling me in. <laughs> uh, just just in terms of. The movie and its place in your heart and soul and your brain and your mind. Give me a little. What are your What are your thoughts about Aladdin in general? In general, uh, it's it's a near and dear movie. I think because of the timing of when it came out and you know being more into movies and all of that. And I think I also uh, I also sang some of the songs in a school concert because we were just so cool singing Aladdin songs. So like I, I loved the music, I think because of that, you were just listening to it all the time. But um, so yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's up there on my Disney movies list. I don't think it's my number one, but it's up there. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's why I think we had such high expectations for it with like the Broadway show. Right. You know, we were, yeah. No, and, and, you know, for me, off the heels of Beauty and the Beast and, and, and obviously Robin Williams' performance, like mm -hmm. I was all into Robin Williams, I think, at this point, mm -hmm. uh, that the, you know, that alone made me go back and, like, I want to say, like, immediately after seeing it in a movie theater the first time around. So and we've had minor discussions about it here on the podcast with, you know, when the trailers have been released and what people have been feeling in general and what some people have been saying on Twitter and things like that. You know, we were, we were reserving the expectations. The expectations were low mm -hmm. for the movie. I went to see it. I actually left the movie theater two weeks ago saying, if someone said, I'm going to see Disney's Aladdin, would you go? I would say yes. Mm-hmm. Which is pretty good to say mm -hmm. that I would go see a movie for a second time these days. I barely right. get to see a movie one time. Right. So I'm, I'm trying to get in the habit of one movie a month now is really where, right. I'm, at, where I'm at with that. Yeah. What, one Broadway show a month, one movie a month is really mm -hmm. where I am. Uh, the, the thing about it is, is that I keep going, you know, in conversations I have, depending on how the other person feels, I drift towards their behavior. If someone mm -hmm. feels good about it, I drift towards the good. If someone feels bad about it, I drift towards the bad. Be because it could have been better. Mm -hmm. I think they, they didn't take risks where they shouldn't have taken risks. I think they added things that didn't need to be added. It they made some strange choices along the way, mm -hmm. but 
from uh, my vantage point, Naomi Scott as Jasmine and, and Will Smith and Nassim Prasad as Dahlia, the handmaiden who was added in, uh, Jasmine's handmaiden for uh, the movie. That Those three characters alone carried me through the movie. Uh, you know, here's my theater snob hat momentarily. Mm-hmm. It kind of set up like a, a Commedia dell'arte, uh, Arlecchino and Columbina, a uh, servant relationship between Dahlia and the genie. No spoilers, but uh, that interaction was fun throughout and was a nice little subplot that played underneath mm-hmm. the story we're most familiar with. I see. All right. What questions, Jen? <laughs> I, you're not going to. You're not going to see the movie. Most likely, is my guess. I mean, I'll, but probably not in the theater. No, right. You'll I'll watch it. watch it when. Yeah, when it comes out. What? Uh, what are your fears? What are your? What do you want to know? Without giving too much away, I'll, I'll do my Yeah, best. I mean, I don't think I have questions that you could answer because I think I'll need to experience it for myself. Because any hesitations I have or any questionable feelings I have, I don't think you could answer. I think I just need to see it mm-hmm. and 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 feel what I'm going to feel about it at that point. But it's good to know that you didn't leave there thinking it was horrible and right. hated it and have all these negative things to say. So there is hope for it. Um, and, and even reading tweets on, on the Twitter and anything I was seeing about it, people seem to like it, even people who were hesitant about it going into it. So that also gives me hope that maybe the expectations being set where they are for me is a good starting place and mm. we'll see what happens. And one of these days I'll watch uh, Beauty and the Beast too. <laughs> I mean, to me, you know, Aladdin, I've always, you know, and especially when we saw it on Broadway, I feel mm-hmm. like rests on the success of three numbers, which is friend like me, Prince Ali and whole right. new world. Yeah. Like, you know, you know, that's where it, that's the core mm-hmm. as far as I'm concerned. And, uh, you know, I know when we saw the Broadway version, especially for you with whole new world, you felt like that was so underwhelming mm-hmm. that that's really what drove you over the edge. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I I felt like that was the strongest part of the movie in in relation to paying homage to the animated version. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was a really well done sequence from the scene before through the song. Right. Um, the uh, the Prince Ali number you saw little snippets of it on Twitter and stuff. Like it was solid, and it's mm-hmm. it's there. It is not much different per se, or bigger or better and i'm going to say the same exact thing about friend like me they didn't they didn't take the risk of broadening it and making it bigger than what it could be and like mm-hmm. i sit there and go what's the what's the reason do you just want to just want to keep it simple and mm-hmm. like the movie or is it they're afraid of doing something with it that will cause the outrage right that's how i that's where i i was leaning towards more it was like oh, they were too scared to try to make this bigger like and will smith was you could feel that he was trying to make it his own here and there Mm -hmm. and especially if you listen to those tracks on on like itunes or whatever if you buy the the album Mm -hmm. it it, it sounds you know it's the same exact time as like the movie the animated version right so there's not a bigger sequence uh the 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 two big downfalls of the movie to me like were that they gave they they 
did a lot with Jasmine's character, which was really good, empowered her more. Uh, she wanted to claim the, you know, she wanted to become the leader after her father passed or whatever. She mm-hmm. wanted to take the throne. So that whole angle was real good. They gave her a song, though, that seemed like it was crowbarred into the movie and didn't fit the rest mm-hmm. of the music at all. Both and, and it was not only, it was like in the I want song position mm-hmm. early in the movie and then a reprise later. And both were like, what? Is this the yeah. same song? Did she sing this before? And it just didn't fit at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was rough and, and, and of no surprise. One, because the brief glimpses you got in the trailers, it was like, whoa. Mm-hmm. And also, if you read a lot of reviews, they don't even mention him. Jafar was, uh, you know, and not that if it was any other movie, uh, the actor was fine, mm-hmm. but that's not my Jafar, you know. Right, and, right. Uh, but also not imposing or threatening enough to feel like a threat. Mm-hmm. Uh, she obviously couldn't sing to do the Prince Ali reprise, which is like half of the like the, right. the greatness of Prince Ali is that that reprise sung by Jafar is awesome. Right. So that was that was disappointing as well but uh in the overall i, I think it's up there I, I think if cinderella is the best of the live action or if you want to argue glenn close is 101 dalmatians i suppose mm. you know it's 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 neck and neck with beauty and the beast i guess mm. it's uh the jungle book i fell asleep during i never made it to the end yeah i don't think did i start watching the jungle book one day i don't think i did yeah i mean i think i almost have to distance myself a little bit and maybe i will start with beauty and the beast and watch that one and then go to aladdin it's hard for me when they start messing with classics if you will and to me these movies are classics because they were all out when i was a kid so they're you know classics for my generation not yours you're too old but like for me and so you know, I, I think that's that's my hesitation with it. Like, but I love this movie. I don't I don't want it to change or be different or you know, that's also just us in general. So yeah. um not to say that I won't see it. I probably won't see it in the theater just because when do I go out? I don't go out anywhere. <laughs> um so I'll uh I'll wait till I uh, see it on the old iTunes download, you know? Uh, on the Disney Plus. This right, time. oh yeah, I mean, maybe. <laughs> Before you know it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I, and I do. I've been, I, it's been two weeks and I'm still fluctuating on it back yeah. and forth where I want to, there's some things I thought were really cool and then some things that were like, oh, this is rough. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and people point to, to the, the people who are, I forget their names off the top of my head, who are involved with La La Land being involved with this movie as they like to like throw the anger at them. Did you see La La Land? I did not. No. Shocking. La La- Ryan Gosling fan, you know. Right, right on your list there. I was I was okay with the movie, and then I wasn't okay with the movie, and the end of the movie is so me yeah. that I was like, oh, I love this ending, but I don't like this movie. <laughs> that, that's basically La La Land in a nutshell. Yeah, I mean, and it seems at my alley, and I don't know why I haven't just sat. I think there's been so many times too that we'll we'll like see it. I'll be like, oh, we we need to watch this. And and then we just, it's like one of those movies, like, no, I want to see it. I just feel like I need to be in the right mood for it or something. I don't know. One of the things that uh, Mel Dale's trip 
to Galaxy's Edge last week through our schedule in a good way for a loop a little bit. But we thought maybe at the beginning of June we were going to do a 30th anniversary of both Typhoon Lagoon and Pleasure Island. They're both 30 years old. As of June, obviously, one is still open and the other one is long gone, now known as the landing at Disney Springs. Mm-hmm. We've, we've dabbled in the Pleasure Island talk in the past. What are some of your... You have one great favorite memory. We're not going to go that deep into it here. One great memory you have at Pleasure Island that you could share. The Is it the cast member Thursdays? Is it the Happy New Year every night? Is it the 70s dance club? Is Definitely. Um, no, I... I think I liked the idea of the New Year's every night. That was a that was a cool little thing they did. Um, no, uh, and I never did. I don't, I don't think I ever did cast member Thursdays. I think too, but working in Epcot, we just drank around the world. Like we right, didn't, at that point, that was part yeah. of the long. Yeah, because yeah, you stuff. when you were there, it was two to three years away from closing. Yeah, so that was part Let's of wrapping the- it up, and it was it was just it was always slow there. There wasn't much going on. It felt kind of weird. Um, I did attend a bachelorette party, I think after I had moved, but come back for it. Um, so, I mean, that would probably be the the best memory of it. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I think I, I like the idea of it and I didn't like the idea of it going away mm-hmm. partly because I felt that at that point, this was the place for adults and they did have childcare on property where you did have just adults without kids going to Disney. And this was something to do at night. I mean, at this point, they leave the parks open later. There's the boardwalk. There's restaurants. There's World Showcase. There's so much more going on that, mm-hmm. you know, it's not it's not something that's, I think, even really that missed at this point. Um, right. So uh, I think they definitely turned it around because by the end, it, it wasn't even getting the crowds, I think, that no. it had been at one point. So, right. and... Raglan Road had kind of been there before it left and after, and that's one of my favorite spots in that area. So, I would love to know what because I know they were doing surveys and stuff along the way, and people were asking for more hours in the parks, and that was part of what led. They, they it's part of what they said led to Pleasure Island's downfall was the surveys that they took where resort guests wanted later nights in the theme parks. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's definitely a factor, but I also, and they will never admit this in a million years, you know, you have two months of Halloween Horror Nights, which were adult, you know, they're adult oriented parties. They're parties. Mm -hmm. Don't kid yourselves. (laughs) That is a drinking extravaganza Mm -hmm. over, you know, and then you got six, six, seven weeks of Mardi Gras and Universal. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the holidays in the summer are open late at the Disney parks. So mm-hmm. how many weeks or months are we really, were we really talking about at that point that yeah. Pleasure Island was, oh, let's go here because it's late at night. Right. What I don't really understand is the choices they made in, and, that, and of course I say this as the improv guy, that of shutting down Adventures Club and the Comedy Warehouse along with it because I feel like Disney Springs could still use 
those kind of venues. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Uh, instead of, and maybe they're just not as much, you know, restaurants are going to make money. And I guess that's the end of it. But uh, I feel like those kind of attractions would still be a benefit to uh, Disney Springs as opposed to, you know, along with, we're talking uh, the virtual reality over in mm-hmm. the void and, you know, Cirque du Soleil is not open yet in, in their, in their space. So it seems to be lacking in the entertainment right, right. now, other than music. There's right. Music. Um, but I feel like that additional entertainment could be had around the Disney Springs area. Yeah. And I wonder with, um, cause I think like a comedy club would be awesome down there, but I also think maybe they're too afraid of having a comedy club and especially the way comedy has gone over the years. And if you go to colleges, there are such strict rules with everything. Now I'm sure if you were on Disney property, there would be crazy rules in place. So it it would probably be hard to find people. Maybe. I I mean, I'm sure you could find people, but you're really going to find the level that you would want to draw the crowds because there would be so many rules surrounding it, which we could get into a whole discussion on comedy and rules, but um, you know, know. definitely. Yeah. Like the college circuits and stuff like that, they have different, you know, they have booking, there's booking firms and things Mm -hmm. like that, that are specific for college, you know, programs and uh, whatever those, there's so many things you can't talk about anymore as a comedian doing a college, you know, they use comedians, Famous comedians used to go around to colleges and now they're like, we're not doing that anymore. You get crucified for saying everything. So mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. That's Are a, we getting too a, political about comedy? The, I don't know. <laughs> the whole Pandora's box we yeah. could be opening here, but we won't. Next yes. week uh, will be the eve of Toy Story 4. Do you have like tickets? What's your plan for Toy I, Story? I don't have a plan for Toy Story 4 yet as a racing car. To- <laughs> presses the accelerator and drives by. Um, I have no plans currently for Toy Story 4. I do, I probably will try to look at the Friday morning uh, show times. It's usually that's when I go to the movies anyway. It's Friday morning Mm -hmm. uh, from Matinee Price. And I'm off on Fridays in case anyone wants to know my work schedule. And (laughs) so that's where, uh, that's where I am with it right now. Uh, Three-year-olds not going to Toy Story 4? I probably will vet it before uh, going, but she has Mm -hmm. yet to be to the movie theater in general. Mm -hmm. So uh, that is the plan. Will the the five-year-old and the two-year-old will be going to see Toy Story 4? I think so. I think we'll, uh, you know, the five-year-old has the future misses and we've done, but like four or five movie dates with them and her younger sister and the two-year-old. And as long as you give the two-year-old the ginormous bucket of popcorn, she'll sit there <laughs> the whole time. She's totally fine the entire movie. So I think this one and, – and he's been talking about Toy Story 4 specifically. Mm-hmm. And as you saw at his birthday, got some toys. So um, I think he'll definitely be in. I think she kind you know, she was Jessie her first Halloween. So she's mm-hmm. gotten a connection. But um, yeah, I think we'll try to, I, I'm, I don't think I will go the first weekend. Right. But maybe that following, maybe we'll make a plan. I, uh, I, I suggested on uh, the social medias today that uh, Toy Story 4 the live action Lion King, quote unquote, live action Lion King and right. Frozen 2. Right. The, the greatest trifecta 
in Disney movie making history. And mm-hmm. I, I kind of led that to be ambiguous as well right. uh, in terms of it. Do I mean money? Do I mean quality? Do I mean whatever enjoyment <laughs> whatever right uh, but uh going back to those early 90 disney movies i guess if you want to do mermaid beauty and the beast aladdin back to back to back or you want to do beauty and the beast aladdin lion king back to back to back uh i would be interested to in know if there's any other trio of movies that came out in disney succession there mm-hmm. that uh qualify as because uh, I, I think Frozen, and you know, people there's people that hate on Frozen, and I understand, yeah. but Frozen's is a very good movie, yeah, in, mm-hmm. in terms of storytelling. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't think they will muck up Frozen 2, I'm pretty confident they will not. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, so that so that would mean you know, Toy Story 4 being bankable, which they usually are, and then Lift Lion King is going to be this shot for shot deal, it should hit the mark, right, and then Frozen 2. So I'm curious to see where it all falls in terms. Mm-hmm. And the fact that these come out four months apart instead of three years apart also. Right. Yeah. Crazy so town. We'll have to wait and see. We are doubling down today. We are changing it up again. We will uh, be filming from uh, as a remote location of Snydillo <laughs> Studios. Yes. So head over to our YouTube page, youtube.com slash Dillos Diz. Subscribe. Uh, and subscribe on Tell the your YouTube. friends. Do all the things mm-hmm. as we uh, take a little take a little look at what our fact checkers footage mm. was over in a specific new area of the Disneyland Park. Mm, what is it? <laughs> what could it possibly be? <laughs> Until that time. She is Jen. <laughs> We're Jen and Frank. <laughs> I'm Frank and she's Jen. Uh, bye bye. Deuces. Theme Park Thursday with Dillo's Diz featuring Frank Cardillo and Jen Cardillo Snyder. The theme was composed by Matt Harvey. The intro and the outro was performed by Lindsay Zarugian. The Dillo's Diz fact checker is Mel Dell. You can follow Dillo's Diz on Twitter and Instagram at Dillo's Diz, Dillo's with an S, Diz with a Z. You can subscribe to our YouTube page, youtube.com slash Dillo's Diz. You can throw us a like on Facebook, facebook.com slash Dillo's Diz. And you can go to Dillo'sDiz.com for archives, throwbacks, blogs, and more. Dillo'sDiz.com. Once again, this has been Theme Park Thursday with Dillo's Diz. Subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, and more. Advisor's Guide Network 2019.